0: I'm Nathan. Uh, if you didn't know me, I am the Director of uh, Christian Education here at The Ridge. Uh, my wife Autumn and I work with your children and your youth. And Jimmy slipped out of town to go perform a wedding this weekend, so you get me. Um, and I'm excited. So uh, Jimmy's been working through the Ten Commandments the last couple of Sundays. And he asked me to hit the Fifth Commandment. Which is, honor your father and mother. But before we get to that, let's review a little bit and let's read through all of the commandments together. Now, these aren't all going to be on your screen, so if you want to pull up uh, your Bible app or pull out a Bible and read along, you can. I'm reading from the NIV, but whatever translation you have is fine. Exodus 20, and God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. That's one. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven, above, or on the earth, or in the waters below. That's two. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Three. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Four, honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And that's where we're going to be hanging out today. Five. Number six, you shall not murder. Jimmy talked about that last week. Number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Number eight, you shall not steal. Nine, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. And ten, you shall not covet. So anytime you see the numbers, 3, 10, 7, 12, there's probably more in Scripture, um, or multiples of those numbers, it's worth it to consider that God's trying to tell us something special about whatever's being said. Now, those numbers can be quite literal in Scripture, but they're also symbolic. So anytime you see those numbers, and so we've got 10 commandments, and this is God saying, this is my will, this is... This is powerful. Pay attention to this. If you miss everything else, get this. So he really wants us to dig in on these commands. And so we know now that in Christ, we're not under the law of Moses, but we're under the law of Christ. So what does that mean? What's the difference? Under the law of Christ, the penalty For our sin has already been paid for. But it doesn't mean mean that these laws don't matter anymore. The law is no longer a stumbling block for us. It's not set up to trip us up. It's not set up to, to cause us to fail. It's a principle for us to look at. It's a principle to guide us. It's a point to aim for. And the way Jesus explained that is he said, I didn't come. To destroy the law, I came to fulfill it. And so we know that the laws of the Old Testament, the laws of God, matter to him. And they're, they're an object that we should be seeking after. So fast forward to the New Testament. And Paul is giving instructions to Christians in different walks of life. And in the book of Ephesians, he quotes the fifth commandment. So check this out, Ephesians 6. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first command with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So why don't you just sit with that for a moment? Evaluate yourself on that command. Most of us here have Parents. Or if we don't have living parents, we've had parents. How have you honored them or failed to honor them? Now, I know we've all had a unique journey with our parents. Some of us grew up in a stable home that, you know, everything really almost always seemed to go well. Um, Some of us grew up in a home that probably felt completely broken and might have been full of strife. And most of us probably grew up somewhere in between those two ends of the spectrum. And there's probably no such thing as, as a perfect family. And there certainly isn't such a thing as perfect parents. So I want to take a minute. I want you to turn to your neighbor. Uh, pick either, either person on either side of you. And I want you to share with them a story about something your parents did when you were a kid that kind of turned out maybe to be a little bit of a disaster. And it could be funny or it could be a little more serious. So go ahead, share with whoever you're with a story about when you were a kid. All right, so now I'd like you to share something they did or taught you that was a great success. Now, for me, I didn't have a perfect family by any means, but I had a really good one. Um, and there was never any doubt for me and my brother that, that our parents had just, you know, unending love for us. Uh, but at the same time, I was a pretty determined boy and young man. Uh, some might use the word stubborn. Uh, and I had my share of disagreements and struggles with them growing up. Um, but I can say that I took this command to heart. I knew about it, it molded me, it shaped the way that I talked to my parents, to others, the way I treated them, the way I handled myself. Um, I took it seriously and I can see where that has paid off in my life. And even though I took it seriously, I look back and even now, I know that even though I did my best, There were so many times where I failed to honor them with what I said or what I did or how I acted towards them or with the things that they entrusted me with. And there were times uh, where I struggled with anger and I let that out towards them. And I can remember those, those moments and how they just stick and stay. Even today I think about them. So I don't know what your journey has been like, but I know that getting this right is important to God. It's important to him because he cares for us and he knows the struggles that we have and he wants our relationships to be strong and to be filled with love. And he knows that sometimes it is a struggle to honor our parents. Sometimes we can be too close to a situation to see it clearly, and that can really be the the case with somebody that that we're really close to, like a parent or a child or a spouse. Um, And we forget that they're people just like us, those stories that we just told a second ago. That illustrates they're they're just people. You know, students, if you're in here, uh, your parents are just people. And speaking of that, I didn't dismiss the middle schoolers, and I should know to do that. So if you're still in here and you're in middle school, go ahead and head to your class. Sorry about that. So sometimes we can be too close. Sometimes we can miss the idea that those we are really close to are just people like us. They have flaws. They have a human nature. They have sin that they're battling. And It is especially hard when you're young to take hold of this command and to understand it and to live it and to submit to it. You know, Jimmy talked about last week how hard it is for us when we see commands to take that in and submit to those commands. But even Jesus submitted to death on a cross. And so he expects us and calls us to be willing to submit. So, if you look closely at this commandment, there's two things that kind of set it apart and make it a little bit unique. And the first one is that it really relates to children more than a lot of the other commands. Honor your father and mother is a command that it gives responsibility to every single one of us, but especially to young people, calling them to a standard. Paul really, really emphasizes that when he quotes the passage in Ephesians 6. And it's so easy to view the commandments as as ominous. You know, I mean, if I break God's commandment, what is going to happen? He's going to be disappointed in me. He's going to be frustrated with me. He's going to be sad. I'm going to deserve to be judged. And I will be judged. Judged. Every single one of us will be. But I won't be condemned. Because Christ has already paid the price. Christ has already been condemned for you and for me. And so these commands, they don't need to be ominous. They don't need to be scary. But we do need to take them seriously. We do need to follow and seek after them. And so God's not picking on the kids or picking on those of us who it's hard to keep this command. He's just calling us to a higher standard. He's always pushing us towards something better, to be more like Christ, even as a young person. You know, God doesn't tell young people to wait until they're adults to start following him. Many of you in this room, I'm sure, began your journey of following Christ at a young age. I know I did at seven. So this command includes children in the kingdom. And, and we see the things that Jesus said about children, and we can see how this ties straight in to the New Testament. And really, if you look at history, in, in Jesus' day, in the Old Testament, even in, in most cultures throughout the world, even up to very recent times, children were looked at as kind of an afterthought, as, as uh, second class, as labor, as um, labor as something that you had to deal with. Sometimes you do. But if we've got something right in the church, in our church, it might be that we work so hard to love and encourage and mentor and disciple our children, and that you as parents put so much effort into raising them as godly young people. So the first part of this command is that that God includes young people especially in this command. And the second thing that kind of sets it apart is this command comes with a promise. And that's to help us know that these aren't supposed to be ominous. They aren't supposed to be frightening to us. They are supposed to make us stop and think. But we can know that they come from God's heart and they're a, a place of love. And so... The promise is so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. God's commands offer freedom, not captivity. Not captivity. So many times we think God's laws and his commands and his judgment can keep us captive. But they're there to set us free. They're there to free us for an amazing life following him. And so if we look out throughout the Bible, God gives instructions for every phase of life, for wives, husbands, uh, children, seniors, mentors, teachers, servants, workers, Um, you could go on. The list is endless. But we're going to look at a few of these guidelines that God gives us that kind of relate to this passage. And so as we dig into this, I just want to say, you know... um, Who am I to read these commands to you? Well, I'm nobody. That's who I am. I'm you. I struggle with God's commands. Now, maybe not most of the time, but there's probably not a command that at some point or another I haven't struggled with. We're here together as a family looking at this encouragement, at this guidance that God gives us. And so we're just in it together. That's, what, that's where we are. And so God calls us to a high standard, and he's not afraid to just tell us like it is. So check this out. For sons and daughters, Proverbs 1, 8 through 9. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Those of us who are, you know, have gotten a little older we know we look back and we're like man I wish I wish I had understood better as a kid sometimes I wish I would listened a little better their advice actually was not as stupid as I thought how many times have we thought that second Timothy 3 1 through 5 but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control. And it goes on. <laughs> look, at, look at the list of things that being disobedient to our parents is including with. That's a little scary. You know, we don't normally think of being disobedient or disrespectful to our parents as being that high on God's list, but it really is. Proverbs 30:17: "The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures.". <laughs> Help me, God. Wow. God's serious about this. He really is. All right? So that's for kids. <laughs> for parents and members of a family, here we go, a couple more. Proverbs 22.6, train up your child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So exhortation that if we invest as God has called us to in our kids, then that is going to bear fruit. Now they have a component too. They have to accept it. They have to grow in it. It's not all on you as a parent. But a good part of it is, and here it is, if we train them up in the way that they should go, it's going to take hold. It's going to take root. God's word does not return void. Ephesians 6, 4, and this, is, this follows up immediately with, with our key verse today, where Paul quotes uh, the fifth commandment. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So, as children, we're supposed to honor our parents. As parents, we're supposed to bring our kids up with the discipline and instruction of the Lord as members of the church first Timothy 5 1 through 2 but do not rebuke an older man so so um this is Paul's instruction to Timothy but encourage him as you would a father younger men as men as brothers to older women as mothers younger women as sisters and in all purity so that's how we're supposed to relate to each other and treat each other in this community of faith Wives and husbands. Ephesians 5, 21 through 28. There's a section for all of us. There's a section for wives. And there's a section for husbands. And I read these verses with the utmost humility. I think that's important. Because I think that's what God is trying to get across with this instruction. Verse 21. Submit to one another... Out of reverence for Christ. And the heading in the Bible that where I pulled this out of says instructions for Christian households. So that should be us here. So we're going to submit to each other. Parents and kids, wives and husbands, out of reverence for Christ. We submit to each other as we submit to Christ. As Christ submits to the Father and as he died on the cross for our sins. Verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. It's talking about Christ. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. So as Christ submits, that's the key. Husbands, verse 25. sacrificially, as Christ loved the church, giving up anything and everything. Back to verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. There's even one for senior adults. Titus 2, 1 through 5. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith and love and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and to train the young women to love their husbands and children. So like I said, that's just a few of many. A few of many commands that God gives us in, in how we relate as a body of Christ and as a family. God clearly cares about your relationships with each other. And the relationship of child to parent and parent to child is so important because we are his children and he is our father. So how serious is he about this relationship and how much we should cherish it and how careful we should be to honor our parents? This one's tough. We are going to need some context for it, but... Check this out, Deuteronomy 21, 18 through 21. This is an Old Testament commandment built on to the Ten Commandments, the, the one that we're focused on, to honor your father and mother. And so this is what to do if a grown child did not honor their father and mother. And I can't even imagine this actually happening, but it's in there, so we gotta wrestle with it a little bit. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and though they discipline him, will not listen to them. And it's not talking about a kid. It's talking about you know a mostly grown man who's living in his father's house. Then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of the city at the gate and the place where he lives. And they shall say to the elders of the city, this, our son, is stubborn and rebellious. So, No matter what we've done, everything we've tried, over and over again, he will not obey our voice. He's a glutton and a drunkard. He's basically an an evil man. And then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall purge the evil from your midst, and all Israel shall hear and fear. That scares me a little bit. i got to tell you. And I just can't imagine that actually even happening. Maybe it did at some point. Maybe it's just there because God wanted the Israelites and us to know just how serious he is and just how serious he takes honoring our parents. But just in case we were to think, this is an Old Testament thing, this is a like... Fire and brimstone thing, this is a God shoots lightning down at people thing, you know, Old Testament God, that's not the same God. Well, Jesus quotes that passage to the Pharisees. This isn't going to be on your screen, but you can turn to Matthew 15 if you'd like to check it out. Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They asked him, why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition, for they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand washing before they eat. Everybody wash their hands before they eat? Hopefully so, good. Yes, it's a good thing to do, Um, but um, beyond being uh, sanitary, it was a ceremonial act that the Jewish people did before they would eat, and so they were so wrapped up in these detailed oral tradition laws that were built on top of the Ten Commandments and built on the other commandments that come after the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy. They were so wrapped up in every little detail that they had lost sight of the reason why they were following any of these commands in the first place. And so they're trying to trip Jesus up with this. You know, why do you let your disciples just ignore this tradition, this really important spiritual cleansing that they should be doing? You know, why are you letting them be impure? And Jesus replied, and why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? For instance, God says, honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father and mother must be put to death. But you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents, and so you cancel the word of God for the the sake of Of your own tradition. So, the penalty for that passage that we read in Deuteronomy is not for us. That penalty has been paid. But the principle is still there, and Jesus points it out as clear as day for us. That's how much God cares if we honor our parents. And I think that applies even when we're adults. You know, I think there's a heavier calling on a young person, on a child to honor their parents. But I think that applies to us as we grow and as we continue. Even even if our parents have gone on to be with Christ, I think it still applies. The principle remains that God is concerned with what our heart is toward our parents and with our what what our heart is toward our children. clinical psychologist said, um, Jordan Peterson said, you'll never have the chance in your life to have as high a quality relationship with anyone as you will with your children. I think that's probably true. I can't speak as a parent. Um, hopefully, I will be able to. That's that's our prayer, Autumn and I. But I can speak as someone who has worked with children and youth for over 22 years, and I know that that relationship impacts lives more strongly than just about any other relationship, and if. We get it right. It pays off in dividends. And if we get it wrong, it leaves scars that take a lifetime to heal. And I know some of us in this room know that all too well. But I want to take a minute to just commend this church family, The Ridge, and just say how amazing it is. I get to spend time uh, with your kids and your students uh, and some of you kids and students may, may be in the room right now. Um, I get to spend time with them and see just the joy that is in their eyes. I get to see the calling that God has placed in their life, the gifts that he has given them beginning to emerge. And I get to see just the evidence of the amazing love and amazing just commitment that this church family of parents and mentors has for these kids, you know, right now we've got adults who are serving over in the middle school group and they're rotating through teaching that class. We've got volunteers in our uh, little kids rooms and we've got volunteers down in the gym spending time with them. And that's just Sunday morning and it goes way beyond all of that. And that is the good news and it is good. But we need to be challenged as well. We need to take to heart these commands that God is giving giving us and seek how we can grow and how we can cling to what he's wanting us to do. And I've got to tell you, I see some, some difficult and disturbing patterns out there in our world today with our young people. You know, we have all been through so much upheaval in the last few years, um, and and as adults, um, you know it's it's a little easier for us to handle all of that. Our young people who are who are growing and changing, and who time just goes so much faster for or slower for. Um, they're struggling. They're struggling. Your kids, they have a calling. Teenagers, they have a calling. Honor your father and mother. Parents, you have a calling and responsibility. Not just to provide, not just to protect, but to be spiritual leaders for your kids. Raising them up in the way that they should go. And part of that is giving them the room to learn and fail. Part of that is is living in the balance of, of drawing a line and standing your ground as you give more freedom and responsibility as they grow. And part of that is sometimes curtailing their desires a little bit. Not not squashing them, but setting boundaries. The commandments are about God's boundaries for us that are healthy, that will help us grow, that will encourage us, that will strengthen us. And your kid's calling is to honor you as a parent. And your calling as a parent is to build them up. In Christ, and so I just want to ask you to think: You know, is it in my kid's best interest that they participate in every sport they possibly can and every extracurricular just to beat out that one other kid on their college application? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? You know, I was um, I was an athlete. From 8 to 18, I was a swimmer. At the height of my swimming career, I spent about 30 hours in the pool every week. But I still had balance. I did swim, I did church, um, and I did school. And I had balance. That's what we're looking for. Where are we going outside of the bounds, outside of the healthy boundaries that God gives us? And I want, to, I want to encourage you. That I <laughs> feel like I'm betraying them a little bit here, but um, I want to encourage you. When your kid says to you, "I don't want to go. I don't know anybody. Um, I just want to encourage you as a parent, especially if they're a kid, if they're you know in middle school. Don't don't let them decide. Don't let them make that decision, at least not fully." You know, when they get older, when they're in high school, that's a little different. But take hold of that calling that God has put on your life as a parent. And the authority you have from God. You have authority as a parent. Your kid's calling is to honor you. Make sure, make sure that you as as their parent are being that primary spiritual guide for them. And then make sure that they are connected as possibly as they can be to the community of faith. Because I can promise you this, I can tell you this, I see it and have seen it over and over and over again. The students who are able to connect, and we will help with that. That's our job. We will help them connect. But the students that are able to connect... It brings freedom and hope and peace in their life. It helps their grades. It strengthens their relationships. It helps them deal with just all the mess and all the stress and all the anxiety that is out there. There is an epidemic of anxiety and depression with our young people. And I I don't see a ton of that here, but I'll tell you, we're not immune from it. We're not immune from it. So whether it's here or somewhere else, it doesn't really even matter that much. But get them connected. Don't don't let them tell you that they'd rather not go. Don't let them miss what God has planned for them. So let's look back at Ephesians 6. My scrolling is going slowly. I'm just going to read it off the screen. Children, obey your parents of the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first command, with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Let's pray. God, you love us so much that you give us the guidance we need. And you don't leave us alone. When we stumble and we fall and when we mess up and we fall short, like every single one of us do, you're there to pick us back up. You've already forgiven us. These commands are here to give us hope. So as parents and as children, help us to follow hard after you. Help us to seek your face. Help us to be filled with your love and your joy. God, guide us, humble us, help us to submit to your will that we can become the people that you've created us to be, that we can be full of your joy, that we can defeat anxiety and depression and stress, that we can have healthy relationships in our family, that our relationships with our children and with our parents will reflect, God, your relationship as father to us and our relationship as child to you. In Jesus' name, amen.